Hello, and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, we're talking about games that require you to build a deck before you play. These are typically one versus one dueling games like Magic the Gathering or Pokemon, but co-op games like Arkham Horror the Card Game or Marvel Champions also require you to build a deck before you can play. How does this deter new players from trying the game? How does it make the game harder to get to the table for those that have never played before? What do publishers do to help alleviate these issues? And how much of the game is really just the meta of building the deck? This is the longest one I've had for a long time. Um, But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, Sahara Wentworth, and the Gifted Games and Grays Lake. Also, welcome to Stephen Falcon. Uh, for being our newest patron and newest Discord member, too, if I remember correctly. Oh, one of our newest. Um, our Discord is growing. Also, a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. For those of you who want to hear, I don't know what we were talking about before. Oh, yeah, we were talking about canned <laughs> beverages in Wisconsin pre-recording. Uh, you can always hang out with us Monday, 830 Central Time, tabletopgametalk.com slash live. There's a link in the show notes for that. Join our Discord. I messed up the Discord link last week. So thanks. How dare you? I know. Well, Jacob emailed me, and I'm so glad you did, Jacob, because I would have never realized, and people would have been just clicking on it, and it would have gone nowhere. They were like, I don't know. And Jacob clicked on it, and it didn't go anywhere, and he went, I don't know. And he emailed me and said, what am I doing? And I'm like, oh, that's not you. I messed it all up. So anyway, Discord is fixed. Link's in the show note. Um, Also joining our board game arena group it is growing it is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and if you join our board game arena group you still have a tiny tiny window to join our railroad inc tournament that's starting soon because we between last show and now we've gotten 42 of the 48 that the tournament is allotted for so i think there's six spots left which leads to a question that came up uh, in our live audience before we started recording, Fletcher, are you joining this tournament or not? The railroading tournament? The railroading tournament. Uh, I suppose. <laughs> well, then you better click on the link soon. Actually, Getty may have to send you the invite because I don't think you have the uh, ranking high enough to be able to join <laughs> yourself. Ouch. But I know. I'm just saying. It's, he, he'll send it to you, I'm sure um also right. i'm almost I'll open done. Up the discord <laughs> excellent go to the discord and join um i'm almost done with the um virtual slash physical rewards from the first tournament that will become kind of a reoccurring thing for all tournaments and they are turning out really really cool uh i will show <laughs> you guys post show so if you're in our live audience or you're listening now and you want to know another reason why i'm in the live audience this is another good reason um but for those who aren't i will post this i'll post an image of all of them probably in next week's show notes once i get them out to everybody but they turned out really really well i went to fiverr and had an artist from another country um work on it i have no idea what country all i know is he did great work and his time zone was about 13 hours off of mine so that's the only reason i know he's in another country <laughs> Um, so it looks really, really cool. I'm excited about those. It does involve carrots, and that's all I'm going to say about that at the moment. Uh, what have you guys been up to? It's been, Fletcher, it's been two weeks. Uh, so you get to go first. What have you been up to in the last two weeks or so? Um, uh, let me think. Unexpected trip to California. And last week I wasn't feeling very well, which is why I didn't join. 
And that's about it. All right. Excellent. Good to hear. Sounds like you need a hobby. (laughs) (laughs) Working a lot. Maybe a good rebel. Oh, actually, we're looking at, Carmen and I are looking at um, buying buying a new place. Ooh. Oh. I hear the real estate market is exactly where you want it to be to do such a thing right now. (laughs) Actually, it is, at least in the city, according to our real estate agent, it is, I mean, it's still hot, but it is cooling down. It is the suburbs that are actually uh, going kind of crazy. Yeah. The problem isn't so much, I think, the housing prices, which I think are falling pretty fast, but they're being compensated with by the interest rates, which are yeah. rising pretty fast as well. So you can always refinance. <laughs> yeah. So tabletop road, mortgage hopefully. talk. Uh, let's, we'll look forward to hearing more yeah. of that as the uh, search progresses. I hear Beloit has some interesting real estate options. I hear the Beloit. house across the street from me is going to be up for sale any day now so if you also want to buy a probably haunted home (laughs) in a not at all convenient for your work location you know hit me up i'll send you the link it doesn't bother me at all it's just carmen carmen will have to go all the way downtown (laughs) that's yeah that's a heck of a commute (laughs) yeah it'll cost um i think it's in the hundreds of dollars to get an amtrak ticket and you still have to drive like 15 minutes to get to <laughs> it's not that yeah. much of a drive you could drive it in two and a half hours one way so i mean she could complain yeah. all she wants it's it's commutable that's true you know after a 12 hour. hour shift that's what you want to do drive two and yeah. a half hours home just, just it's drive. relaxing it lets you it's decompress yep <laughs> tell you what by buying a house in beloit you'll save enough money so you can get a tesla and the tesla can drive her home how's that while she sleeps while she sleeps (laughs) honestly compared to city prices you could probably get rid of carmen's income and still still be cheaper as much (laughs) yeah yeah or just make her work she can she can find a job in wisconsin they need whatever she does up there we need nurses Nurses? too It's not even a hard job title to remember, Chris. <laughs> I know she's I a know. nurse. I just don't know which kind of nurse. She's like a pediatric nurse right now, right? Yes. She's yeah. a pediatric nurse. And I hear that Wisconsin has There are also children babies. here. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know how I it works. I both but... the healthy and unhealthy variety. So, you know. Yeah, it's, it works out great. Um, so, anyway, <laughs> on to other news. Uh, Kitty, what have you been up to? Um, my daughter's birthday is coming up and I've been sewing lots of baby doll clothes and being because she's about the size of a baby doll. Um, (laughs) that is not accurate. She is unfortunately, I mean, you know, fortunately that she's a normal growing human, but unfortunately for people who enjoy sewing clothes for their children, constantly growing. Yes. And, um, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that she is a healthy, normal child. I'm also like, could you just stay the same size for the length of time it takes me to sew an article of clothing for you to wear? (laughs) It goes for my son as well. But just wait till she's 18. I'm sure she'll still want the dresses. Yeah, this is why God invented elastic. That's that's all I'm saying. Just leave it at there. Elastic is cute. So, um, Did, did God invent elastic? I, I think so. Is that one know. of the things? Uh, it's been a while since that I've on the read anything day, right? about the subject, but I just assume so. I read it on Wikipedia. Yes. Yeah. 
the internet told and, me and so. it was good <laughs> and it was stretchy <laughs> that was actually what he did on day eight yeah it's like oh, yeah. i'm bored i need a hobby i shall invent elastic time to put on my fat pants <laughs> Okay. Tabletop blasphemy talk. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. All right. So, um, how's uh, how's the gaming world doing, Uh, uh, Kitty? uh, Before I start, and I was supposed to ask you before we started recording, but now I ask now. um, Are we playing games tomorrow? Uh, yeah, I believe so. All right. So we're not going to play a game that requires deck building, though, because Spencer won't. He won't. Um, I'm curious. I probably also wouldn't. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> so there's a game that I've wanted to introduce to you guys. So, though all these, every topic comes up because I'm doing something and I'm like, oh, this is what I want to talk about this week. Well, this week, the thing I was doing is I'm re-sleeving half of my Arkham Horror, the card game cards, and then sleeving a bunch of Marvel Champions cards that I haven't sleeved yet. And... I started thinking, I'm like, I want to play these games, but I'm when I'm sleeving them, I'm organizing them and I'm putting everything in neat piles by you know their color and all this. And it's it's, it's they're perfect looking, they're beautiful. None of them are playable. I have no playable decks to play these games with. So when I have to play a game, I'm like, okay, I need to build a deck, but I can't just build a deck for myself. I have to build a deck for Sydney as well. And then Jen usually comes over on Thursday nights, and we're like, okay, well we'll play Arkham Horror, and so we're going to build three decks. I'm going to build three Arkham Horror decks, and I'm just like, ah, one is exciting, two's okay. Once I get to three, I'm just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it got me thinking, are these games less popular? Even though the last two I mentioned, Marvel Champions and Arkham Horror, are probably two of the most successful games that Fantasy Flight's ever put out. Um, are these games less popular because of that deck building component? Also... I want to teach you guys Arkham Horror, because I think it's a game that both of you would actually really, really enjoy. But again, deck building component to it, adding a level of like a barrier of entry. So, yes, Fletcher, if I tell you, let's play Arkham Horror, and here's a here's a um, a website where you can build a deck. A, it's not fair because you don't even know the rules. But let's assume for a moment that you could figure it out. <laughs> and I was able to narrow you in on, you know, here, here's you go. You can build a deck. Because if we were playing a role-playing game, I said build a character. You'd be like, yeah, I want to build my own character. Regardless of what the game was, right? The system was. You'd want to build your own character, right? Yes. And, and Kitty, you're the same way. I mean, yeah. But with RPGs, a lot of times, the first time I play, I'll sit down with a pre-gen character. If but- you're playing at a convention, I have never giving you a played a pre-gen character in anything that we play. You played. 100% gave us Call of Cthulhu pre-gen characters. Okay, but that was because they were actually yourself and it was a total one shot. Also but. I made them. But <laughs> also you theoretically, made them. <laughs> <laughs> everyone else was handed a pre-generated by me character. All right, that's fair. But the premise is the same, though, right? If I let you, mm-hmm. if I said that we're going to play this role playing game, we're going to play a campaign, you guys would make your own characters. You learn the system well enough to make your own characters, right? Sure. I would like it best, though, when we do it in like a session zero and we all get together and do it. If we had a deck building party where we all got together and ordered food and all we did was we all sat around and built decks and had fun doing it together, I would do that. Right. End of episode. Let's go. All right. Now we can go back. To <laughs> <laughs> so um, Fletcher, episode. <laughs> back to you. I give you a website. I give you a video so you can get an idea of the game. And I say, build a deck. 
Is that something you look forward to? Or is that something you're like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, I think I would build it because, cause Arkham horror, the card game is, is more like an RPG, right? As opposed yes. to if it was just straight up like magic, the gathering or Pokemon or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, I would definitely, I would do that, especially if you're going to, you know, the idea was that we would play together later. All right. I may actually do that. Kitty, what about you? Um, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> if it's a solo activity of a game that I like vaguely know how to play, I don't know. I guess it's not as bad with Arkham Horror because it's a cooperative game. And that doesn't feel as bad as these dueling games. Because with the dueling games, I feel like I'm letting myself... I mean, like... I obviously don't want to let the team down, but I feel like, you know, there's other stronger players who know how the game works. I'm not going to be just like completely ineffective. I may not have like a maximized best deck. This is how it goes. This is the only way to play it kind of a deck, but I won't feel useless and I won't feel like I wasted my time because as a team, we can still succeed even if I don't necessarily have the best thing all the time. And because it's an Arkham Horror game, it's probably going to end with everyone going insane or dying anyway. So, you know, I just get us there faster. This is maybe. true. This is Whereas true. with Pokemon or Magic the Gathering, it's like, oh, you built a bad deck, so I killed you in three rounds, and now the game is over. Do you want to play again with the same bad deck? <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah. Christopher mentions Dice Masters, which is another... It's, yes! not, it's a dice building game versus <laughs> deck building, but yeah. I all right. So the, you, you guys brought up a ton of stuff there. Number one, I'm <laughs> I'm not necessarily going to make you build your first decks. I think playing at least once um, is better. And I do have some pre made decks that I just always keep together because so you made I'm me build something. like my first car for Car Wars. I did, and and that's one of the games. I on watched my list. a ton of videos on like what to do. Yeah. So <laughs> car. Car Wars is interesting because the building of the car is almost built into the beginning of the game. It's not something that you typically, you can, 100% you can build cars all day long. But the game was designed to be like, okay, sit down at the table, decide how many points you're going to use, build your car, and then play. And it's sort of part of that beginning of the game experience. Because building a car in Car Wars, and it's one of the reasons I really like it so much, is a 15-20 minute process. If that, like, eventually you can get down to five or ten minutes easy because you like you know what cars you want and you just go. Building a deck in Arkham Horror can take, uh, I don't know, probably 30 to 60 minutes to build a deck. If I just set you down with, like, okay, here's the card pool that you can choose from. Uh, you're still going to be trying to figure out, okay, what goes where. And I, I want all of these cards, but, oh, I can only have this many. So do I want this or that or what's useful? Oh, I have to figure out I can only have so many, you know, body slots at one time. So even though I can include four cards that have a body slot, I can only ever have one of them on the table at once. What do I do with that? There's a lot to think about there. Uh, Marvel Champions, that one's going to be in its own category we'll talk about in a second. But there's just a lot to think about where you wouldn't. I, I, although I do like your idea, Kitty, of just having a session zero, if you're going to do an Arkham Horror campaign, just all sit down and build a deck. And I don't know why I've never really thought of that with this before. I've been playing Arkham Horror That's a long time. That's why you talk to me about these things. <laughs> yeah. No, this is why This is why when this stuff comes up, I'm just like, eh, let's throw it on the podcast and see what This is the whole reason we have a podcast, is because I come up with great ideas. <laughs> um, at least one a month. I, I mean... <laughs> 
So I'm just saying. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. So Jen's coming over on Thursday. We're going to play a standalone Arkham Horror scenario. Maybe I just like throw out some cards and be like, all right, pick one of these three investigators and here's the card pool for it. And let's build the deck. And then we all build a deck and just run through it and see what happens. I could do that. I think I might do that. That's brilliant. Takes so much pressure off of me. <laughs> Done. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're treating it, you you gave me the idea. You seeded the thought because you were saying it's like an RPG. And if you told me we're going to play, I'm trying to think of a system I haven't played in before. Marvel Champions. Sure. We're going to play Shadow Run. <laughs> we're going to play Shadow Run. And. Uh, I have no idea how the system works, know nothing about it. And you're like, just make a character. And you send me a book. Like, I can figure it out, but I'm going to be kind of salty about it. <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> Whereas... <laughs> Whereas if you're like, hey, we're going to play a Shadowrun game. Here's the book. We're going to meet at my house and build characters together and then do a quick session for our first meeting. Like, that's it. You know, we're going to hit play... We're going to spend a couple hours making characters, and then we're going to spend one hour running through a quick scenario. That's it. Like, okay, totally. I'm in. I'm excited. I'll actually probably read more of the book than if you tell me to make my character. I am only reading those specific pages. Because when you tell me we are going to have a session zero where I'm going to sit down, I feel like we all need to, like, oh, let's have some different concepts so we can all try to make a team together. And how do these characters mesh? What do we want? You know, that kind of stuff. I get excited about that. I have the anticipation of those moments. Whereas with, um, you know, the, like, build a character, it's like, well... This is the one that appeals to me, so I'm just going to read the pages for this character, and I'm not going to do any exploration, and I just hope nobody steps on my toes with the characters that they made when we didn't talk about this. (laughs) So you're saying, I'm not going to put in the effort because Chris didn't put in the effort to make me put in the effort. Yes. Okay, I can do that. It's all your fault. That's what it comes down to. (laughs) I'm not really disagreeing in any way, like... (laughs) I just am a very firm believer in that any good campaign starts with a session zero. And I don't know why I've never really thought about it that way before. Because so two two games, the two games I've been um, you know re-sleeping right now is uh, Marvel Champions, which I own everything for. I'm not sure I like the game, but <laughs> I've only ever played. I played against three different bosses with like six different characters. And I find the gameplay, and a lot of people really love this game, so this is you know a little bit of me just being antagonistic. But Hot I f- take. <laughs> I find the gameplay to be shallow. It, it's just not super exciting. There's nothing there that's like, yay, look at me. I feel like I've, I've accomplished something. But the problem is I also felt that for Arkham Horror, the card game. When I first, started, when I first played that, I'm just like, well, this is interesting, but I just it doesn't feel fun. It doesn't feel engaging until I played it and I got engaged and I understood where the fun is in the game. And I just haven't hit that part with Marvel Champions yet, but it has such potential and it's a gorgeous game. And like the ba- the foundations of the game are pretty straightforward and there's a lot you can do with it. But honestly, the thing that keeps me from trying it more often is, is the deck building aspect of it. And for Marvel Champions, there really isn't a need to do deck building because what Fantasy Flight did. So Arkham Horror, the card game, 
Um, you just keep getting, there's some pre-made decks or pre-suggested decks in the core box, but they're not good. They're not great decks. And you, you want to mm-hmm. immediately start tweaking them. Well, Marvel Champions, every time a new character comes out, it comes out as a complete deck that you can just open, shuffle, and play. And you can take those cards apart and make your own decks and uh, with them, but you don't have to. You can just play the decks out of the pack. Unfortunately, and this is what the internet does to you, I read the internet. All of the internet. How and the internet hit the whole thing. <laughs> and the internet said that the Marvel the Champion, like the, the base decks, aren't that good. So I'm like, oh, so I could open up these decks and I could play them and I could have fun with that. But now the internet mm. told me that they're not that great a deck. So I'm like, oh, do I really want to play them then? And this gets stuck in my head, seeing negative reviews and how much I hate them so much. Um, so, and, but at the same time, Marvel Champions is a game I've never tried to introduce to anybody, ever. Because I played it, and I'm like, eh, it's okay. And I'm afraid to introduce it to anybody and have someone be like, eh, it's okay, why would why would we want to play this? But that whole idea of, like, making your characters and building up and, like, playing that campaign, that sounds like it could be fun, and maybe I should introduce people to it. Um, I don't know. Do you guys like Marvel? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Depends on my mood. Um, I also think, I don't know, like... Are there that many, uh, like, good decks that you can build out of the... Like, the, are they really that much better? Have you played, like, the pre-generated deck versus the other kind of deck? So, and that's the part also where you get to the whole deck building thing. It's like, I don't know if I'm that good at building decks. So, when I play the pre-made decks, that's cool. I'm Like, it played just fine. Um but I'm like, if I was to make it better, and I've tried doing that, I tried tweaking a few times, and then I play it, I'm like, oh, no, no, this is definitely worse than it was before. Like, <laughs> maybe I just keep it. But now, and that's the other problem with something like Marvel Champions, and there's a couple other games that do this too. Um, Ashes does this, Summoner Wars does this, where you get full decks. And those decks are essentially complete playable decks. But if you want, you can break them down. And if you break them down, then you can like build a new deck from those broken down cards. But I have to actually break down the deck. So I don't get to play with them before um, I can, like, I have to play the deck first before I can break it down. And then, but I can't break it down because I have other decks I haven't played yet. And there's just, just this battle between do I tear down these decks that are pre made? And start from scratch, or I just keep the pre-made decks, knowing that they're probably not optimized, but at least I can play. Does that make sense, or did I ramble a bit? <laughs> I think you rambled a bit, but I guess my point is... <laughs> but I, I don't know if you ever <laughs> answered my question, which was, Both. did you play the pre-generated deck compared to the, the decks that the internet tells you you should build, and do you agree with the internet? Well, here's the or problem. Or are you just listening to the internet before y- you you play around with things? Yeah. So there's here's the other problem. We've talked about this before, this concept of net decking, where it's like the internet says, this is the way you should build this deck. And mm-hmm. I have a problem with that because I'm like, but I don't want to take your advice, internet. I want to come up with my own thing. <laughs> Even though whenever I do take net decking advice, I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, this deck's kind of fun. I actually enjoy this. I, I could just play this and this would be fine. Yeah. Oh, it's actually pretty good. And yeah. Fun. Yeah. The internet's not always yeah, and that's, wrong. The internet's not always wrong, but I also think you know it's healthier to stay off the internet. Sometimes <laughs> you can just enjoy things 
better when you don't have that little bird in your ear telling you that you're doing it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> like it's the internet is it, it cuts both ways because it can really introduce you to like have you seen how much more fun it can be if you're playing around with these decks and building something new and it's exciting and fun. But also it's the like, you know, you're playing with the pre-generated decks. How could you even enjoy the game with these decks? They're so awful. You know, like there there's both sides to it. So I so I was playing Be cautious Ashes. with the internet. <laughs> I was playing Ashes, Rise of the Phoenix Born uh, with an online tournament uh, through Covenant. They were doing uh, Team Covenant. They were doing, and they still do. So if you like Ashes, Rise of gorgeous cards, gameplay is interesting. It was webcam and you could play these decks. And I would say, oh, I'm just going to use the pre-built for such and such. And oftentimes my opponent would be like, oh, you're using a pre-built. Okay, never mind. I'll switch out from this deck and use a pre-built too. Because they know... That if they use their competitive deck, there is no game there. It's just, okay, I'll just beat mm-hmm. you in a turn and a half and and we won't have to worry about playing anything else. Which is at one point I'm just like, that's fine. Just beat me quickly because this is I I I didn't have the time to build a good deck. And even when I was, I found that when I was building competitively, I wasn't actually having fun because there's so much stuff you can do in that game that it's like fun and interesting and then there's what you have to do to actually win and to me it's just like eh. and this is why i don't play ashes anymore i just i didn't find the depth of the deck building as interesting as i wanted it to but i will happily play it pre-built versus pre-built because those decks are all kind of subpar um uh, they're equally subpar in in their own way um so the two games we've been talking about that you want to play specifically have been um marvel champions and arkham horror are those both co-op games yes so in that case if you're playing the pre-generated character decks and you're winning and having fun don't get logical with why are you why are you making life harder (laughs) for yourself (laughs) uh i honestly don't know i honestly don't know (laughs) And I and I don't know if it's that that the like I said the gameplay of Marvel Champions doesn't keep pulling me in and saying oh I can't wait to try the next one um, even like Marvel United the Simon game where it's there's no deck building at all and the gameplay is mind-numbingly simpler than Marvel Champions um, it just feels more fun like it's easier to get to the table it's easier to play and i feel like the combinations of characters versus the like the you know bad guy i'm going against it feels more fun than marvel champions has to me and i think that's because marvel champions has this barrier that you have to get past before you can appreciate the game for what it is and i i truly believe it's a great game because the internet again they're not always wrong but <laughs> they told you so <laughs> there's a a large percentage of the people who play this game that love this game and while fantasy flight has a particular followings there's always going to be people who follow it this game like there's people i trust that love this game that i'm like all right i'm missing something here which is why i keep keep up with it but i haven't actually played it is because i'm like i'm afraid to I might find I really don't like it. And if I don't, it's like Schrodinger's game, right? If I don't play it to the point where I find out I for sure don't like it, maybe I love it and I just I, don't know I might know still yet. like it. Exactly. Um, so not to completely go off the rails of this topic of deck building, because I have further questions, which is, do those people who you know who absolutely love the game, do they play it solo or do they play it with other humans? 
I will say... Or robots. Or robots. <laughs> um, usually, I have to say most people are probably playing it solo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then I think it's a fair comparison. Because yeah. I think if you're hearing from a lot of people who play it with other people that it's really, really fun, and you're playing it solo, I mean, like, I don't know, it feels like it's missing something. Maybe what it's missing is that interaction with other humans that can make people. gaming <laughs> yeah, so other fun. People. It is people. Yeah. You are missing people. <laughs> and honestly, I think for me, too, it's like, I, I like the idea of being a solo gamer. I don't like playing mm-hmm. games solo. Like, two players were at really size. I think most people will say that Marvel Champions is best at two. It's not good at four. Um, and I think what happens is people who play it solo will play two characters. And so mm-hmm. they have that combination there that they can play. But if you like solving those puzzles, which is kind of like the other one that's very similar to Marvel Champions is the Lord of the Rings card game which is very, very much you design a, a deck and you go against a scenario. And then here's another scenario. So design a deck and go against that scenario. Um, and Katie, if you I- wanted me to play a deck building game with you, that is the one that 100% I would do. Um, well, I'm so. going to get you the revised core that just came out because they're repackaging all of it so that it's actually you can actually get into it. And I'm going to send that to you. And you learn it, and then you can teach me you that, my and new I will teach you Arkham Horror. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. And then, Fletcher, I'll send you Marvel Champions, and you can learn that and tell me if it's a good game. Even though he okay. has actually played that one. <laughs> have you played Marvel, played Champions? Marvel Champions? No. All right. No, you have. I have. I have. But I need a second opinion. <laughs> oh. um, that's not on the internet, so it has to be Fletcher. He's a Luddite. Uh, um... I'm a Luddite. <laughs> a Luddite who works in mobile app development. You know, one of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, it could happen. Um, actually, that would make a good episode, though. I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to send Fletcher, you're going to get Marvel Champions. Kitty, you're going to get um, Lord of the Rings. And I'll I'll cover Arkham Horror, the card game. And we will do a Fantasy Flight living card co-op living card game episode and talk about those three and the experiences of learning those games by yourself and seeing how much that taints your opinion. Is it really learning it by yourself if you have the internet? <laughs> mm, learning it without playing a solo version of it as your first game. Okay. Fair. So, I think it's it's an interesting uh, thought exercise on something like that because all of these games are fantastic. I mean... Again, I don't have the love for Lord of the Rings that a lot of people do. But if you did, you'd probably love mm-hmm. the game. Yeah. Um, Marvel We've Champions. talked before about how deeply wrong you are about this. I, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't dislike it. I just don't have that. I mean, I don't like Arkham. Or I don't like um, Cthulhu either, but I love Arkham Horror. So it's not really the theme that matters so much for me. Um, Marvel Champions, like I say, it's a pretty straightforward game. And it's gorgeous. Like I, I love the card art. I love, I love a lot of things about what they're doing. Um, it's just I haven't gotten deep enough to see that they can do more than just the basics there. Uh, Arkham Horror, I know, is the one of the best games ever made. I have my issues with it, specifically the theme, but otherwise, I love it. I love that game a lot. Um, so let's talk about building decks in general so we talked about and i didn't even put this one in the notes that your whole session zero i'm actually officially adding that to my notes here (laughs) session zero because i think that is probably the best one especially for all three of the games i just mentioned um if you're at least for a co-op game yes yeah yeah yeah. 
for a cooperative deck building player game, that's, I think, the way to go. But if you're playing a dueling game, you might not want to be building your deck next to your opponent. I don't know. When I first started playing Magic back in the 95 or whatever, um, that's what we did. Our friends and I, we got together and we built decks together and then we played. And I think a lot of that had to, like, that a lot, that helped us kind of tweak those decks and like, oh, you're going to build a white blue deck. I'm like, okay, I'm going to build a mono red deck and let's take them at each other and see what happens. And then we'd help each other tweak those decks. And I think there's a lot to be said for building and testing in real time with each other. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a couple, we had a couple of comments that I did not ignore in the chat, but um, I just wasn't ready there. <laughs> um, so Christopher mentions that, Deck building to some is an obstacle, but for others is an attractive feature, um, which I really agree with. Like, young Chris loved building decks, loved making role-playing characters I would never play, loved just, like, the theory of building things. Old Chris has a lot to do. (laughs) (laughs) I also feel like it, it has to do with, like, you know, the ability of the people you are playing with to have the same amount of time and passion because Christopher also mentions dice masters, which I feel like I've been kind of on both sides of this, um, falling down on both sides of this line. Because when I was younger, I played Pokemon and I loved to build my deck and I had my deck. I had a water deck that had some other stuff going on. It was very fun. I loved it. I built it all up and I would go to play everyone and I would defeat them handily and no one would play with me anymore. And I got bored and all the Pokemon cards became my brothers and they're all still in his closet. Um, So there's that side. And then there was Dice Masters where me and Chris started playing together and it was fun. And then I would go to work and I would come back and my deck would be the same or my dice pool, you know, whatever it is for Dice team. Masters. My team would be the same. And Chris would have spent the last six hours that I was at work tweaking his deck, doing research online, putting his entire being into creating the team that is going to destroy the team that I had put together because not only <laughs> don't forget about rules lawyering so that I knew exactly and how timing rules, worked. Yes. Yes. So I thought my deck could do a thing. My dice were going to do a thing and then they didn't. And you knew exactly where to like, Oh, it doesn't work like that. Oh, it doesn't work like that. Oh, it doesn't work like that on top of like, and now my character does this, 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 this. And I'm like, I just have to believe you. Cause I don't know if they can't do that. <laughs> so so that was um I I felt for everyone that ever played me in Pokemon. That was almost ten years ago. I've grown since then. Was that really that long ago? I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think technically like eight and a half, but yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been like eight years. Yep. Yep. <sighs> yeah. So I think and it does depend on and, you're, and Peter mentions that. Like, perhaps de- deciding factor is how busy your life is. The busier your life is, the less inclined you are to invest in the time to learn how to construct a deck and then actually construct a deck. And and I think that's really what it comes... Now, I, don't, I do a lot of things that are mindless time fillers, like sleeving a thousand cards. Um, but I don't have to actually pay attention to that when I do that. I can, like, multitask. Mm-hmm. I watched The Matrix, la- the new Matrix last night while I was sleeving cards. Um, that movie was unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. 
it wasn't bad or good. It was just unneeded. But anyway. It was so, yeah, just so it was, okay. Instead, <laughs> I watched Tokyo Vice, and it was very entertaining. Maybe I'll watch that next. If anyone needs a show to watch. <laughs> but you have to very much enjoy, um, you know, violence <laughs> Peter just, Peter just said that was a great review. And I'm like, it's, it's, that's really the best I could come up with. I'm like, I didn't hate it. I didn't like it. It just wasn't necessary. I just... I, didn't need to watch it. I don't regret watching it. It's like, you know, it was a thing. Um, it's like getting stuck into a reality show that you're like, oh, wait a minute. I've just watched four episodes of Project Runway. What have I done with my life? I should have watched Matrix Reloaded or whatever it is. Um, but anyway. I think Project Runway is a better use of your time. But yeah. Probably. <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> so given the fact that you might have time to build a deck. What is your guys' preferred method for building a deck? And I'm going to give you some options here. Session zero, got it. Um, for whatever reason, whatever deck game we're playing, um, do you want an online building tool where you can be like, okay, this tool is going to guide me through it. It's going to show me all the cards I have available to me. I can add, subtract, and move around. and like So it's all right here in this digital tool. Do you want to have the physical cards in front of you? So you, you essentially have to sort through probably, you know, a good 80% of the cards aren't going to be valid for what you're trying to build. So you got to, you know, find the cards. It's more of a manual, but it's, it's a tactile thing. Do you want to just go online and grab a deck and then grab the cards for it? Um, I literally put this in here. Have someone else do it for you. <laughs> um, or, and I mean, this actually, I'm not going to say the last one because um, I want to talk about that as a separate issue. So of those options, like which one do you like feel appeals to you most if you have to build a deck um i would say assuming that the interface is good probably the online deck builder and you know you're not fighting with it or anything like that uh, i've only ever built decks one way and that is in person by hand do you know doing lots of terrible things that don't make a deck good like oh i like these colors together this seems like it'll work and it's like no this is a terrible idea you should not do that <laughs> Um, Although I think good game design does have colors that look good together, work well together. Yeah, I was thinking specifically about Magic the Gathering, where you're like, oh, I want a blue, black, green, and red deck. And it's like, no, that's just too many colors. That's not going to work together. (laughs) Yeah, John just mentioned he's like 100% net deck or online. Doesn't want to touch the physical cards. What is it about the physical cards... Especially when, like, if you're thinking something like magic, it's just, you know, sheer quantity. But what is it about the physical cards that's more of a deterrent than the digital version? Probably just managing them. You have a giant stack and, you know, you do the thing where you sit on the floor and you have to spread them all out in front of you. Like, those bring, that brings back know, good memories. Like a tarot though, reader. <sighs> I miss being it, a teenager. Yeah, it does. But it's just like, <laughs> okay, like... Okay, like these cards are over here. These cards are over here. You kind of like organize them spatially. And then you're like picking and choosing from this and like coming up with your 30 card or 60 card deck, whatever it is. You're like, okay, I think I got it. Oh, wait, no, I wanted this one. So now I have to like take the card out and put a card in. Yeah. John says reading and sorting, which is funny because all I've been doing is sorting. But I've been sorting them into alphabetical order. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that doesn't make for a great deck. <laughs> what about you, you didn't sort them your... autobiographically. Yeah. What is your preferred method? Um, I would probably start with an online building tool, but I don't think I can just build one deck, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I need to build and then play and then retool and then play and then 
build and do that at least three or four times before I feel good about what I've built. Yeah. That's always what you have to do. Unless you just net deck or, you know, I have a starter deck. I don't want somebody to tell me what's... I have this problem. And I recognize that it's a problem in me. And I think Chris has this problem, too. If somebody else tells me that this is how you should do something, I'm like, I'm going to do it my own way and better. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, so, it doesn't always I'm work o- out well. I'm okay me. with fact, the starter deck. In fact, it works out well. Though. <laughs> I'm okay with starter decks because those are usually well-balanced and kind of like, you know, they're not, they're not powerful, obviously, but they are just like well-balanced. And it's to give you a sense of the game and, and like how a well-balanced deck plays. There is something to Yeah, kind of thing. get an idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would rather the publisher tell me, hey, start with this, than have the internet say, hey, you should start with this. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It, like, the more yeah. popular something becomes, the more I'm like, I must reject it. It's like a hipster, but I don't even like that word because I'm too cool to be a hipster kind of a feel, except I'm <laughs> not at all. I'm, I'm not cool. So <laughs> Just reject yeah. authority. Anti-authoritarian. <laughs> It's not even authority. It's like I must reject what is um, trendy or popular. I don't know. Which is just, it's just a human Counterculture. Thing. Yeah. It's why nothing can become universally liked. Because as soon as something becomes like the majority liked, the minority digs in their heels and be like, no, I am not a sheep. I'm going to go follow these other people instead of what you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Inevitable backlash is what Getty says. Yeah. I I am always... um. Quick to backlash. So that's that's my like anti net decking gene that I have is I, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. So for me, um I have net decked a couple times and I've I've usually enjoyed the result. I'll find a deck that's like, oh yeah, I really like this. This might be something I may have put together myself, but someone else already did the work and gone went through all the cards. So like I can see that aspect, but typically for like a competitive game where I'm like, I don't want to try to make a competitive deck because I'm fine just playing the game and I, I don't want to invest a lot of time in it. Flesh and Blood was kind of like that, right? I don't want to spend a lot of time in this game. The game's interesting, but not my style, but I'll net deck a, a deck or two so I can play with my friends who are like it right now and you know, see how it goes. So I sort of liked that, but typically I, yeah, I'm a, it just doesn't sit well with me. I even tried doing it with Arkham Horror because it doesn't matter. It's just a co-op game. And I couldn't find anything that really even appealed to me at all. So I'm just like, eh. As far as online tools, I think there's a lot of great ones out there. But practically every game that has deck building has an online tool. And they're they're usually pretty good. Um, the problem I have with online tools is once I build a deck, I have to go then search and pull the cards anyway. And I think I much rather just pull out all the cards and start building for most games. Um, there's another issue with with these games in general. When you have a small card pool, building decks is not that hard. Mm-hmm. As that card pool grows, building decks becomes much more complicated and much more cumbersome because now you have all of these choices to choose from and having too many choices can just kind of like stop you from making any choices at all. Which leads me to the last thing I want to talk about with deck building games and something that I don't know I've seen. Well, Fantasy Flight started doing this. So we've talked about Arkham Horror, Marvel Champions, um, 
And then I think um, Lord of the Rings is also in this mix here. Um, and then Game of Thrones is another one that they, it's no longer, uh, they're no longer supporting it, but it was a competitive game. Game of Thrones, the card game, I got into specifically because Fantasy Flight released a deck for each house that was made up of all the cards that they had released. It was just like, here's a package deck. It's a good deck built by good players. And it is not tournament competitive, but it is very competitive in its own little sphere. And I picked up all of these decks and I started playing them against each other. And I think there were seven of them. And I'm like, oh, I really like this game. I didn't have to build anything. I just opened up the decks and played. And that was awesome. Arkham Horror recently came out, recently last year, came out with five starting like character decks with unique characters, mostly unique cards. And you could just buy these, open up the decks, and play Arkham Horror the card game. Marvel Champions, it's their whole distribution model, is every deck is open it up and play it. And we talked about it at the beginning, like these types of things. But I, for some reason, if the publisher puts out a deck, it's a pre-made deck of cards that already exist, for me, that is like such an attractive feature to get into the game. And... I don't know. Like, how do you guys feel about that type of way of getting into something? And I think they're doing that for um, Lord of the Rings as well. They're going to release some, like, pre-made decks that you can just get and start playing. It almost feels like a different kind of game. It it doesn't yeah, I was gonna say feel same the same. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying it's, like, better or worse in any way. But part of playing a deck construction game is constructing your deck. <laughs> Sure. And, okay. And, you know, like if you're trying to play the same game, but you skipped that step, I feel like, I don't know, part of what you do when you're building the deck is you're reading the cards, you're learning them, you know what they do, you can see the abilities, you're learning the game as you go. You're in charge of knowing what your deck does. And if I'm playing a pre-generated, pre-constructed, I just opened this pack and started playing it. I have to stop and read my cards. I don't know what my abilities are. I don't know what's going on with this deck nearly as much as I do with the deck that I built, even if I have the same level of experience playing the game. So I feel less comfortable. Yeah, yeah I guess I can I can see that for sure, where you're just playing in someone else's sandbox at that point, right? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. It's just different. It's very different than if I built it myself. And games like Keyforge, Keyforge keeps coming up in the chat. So, you know, Keyforge, I played a ton and there was a very, when I enjoyed it, at least, <laughs> there was a very <laughs> limited set of cards and you could know all the cards and you opened up decks and you knew what was going to happen. Even if it was a deck I've never played before, I could see my cards and know what was sort of going to happen. And it's not the same as a deck with more cards in it usually and that there's usually a much bigger pool of cards to choose from that I may not be familiar with. Yeah, I mean, honestly, one of the reasons I loved Keyforge so much is because the deck building aspect was completely removed from it. Mm -hmm. I just, and and I own way too many decks, way too many decks. (laughs) Because like, apparently, if you remove the deck building component, I'm just going to buy every deck until I have every combination of cards anyway. So it doesn't matter. But every one of those decks I can grab and I can play. And that mm-hmm. is a very it's it's 
it's kind of a freeing thing where it's like, I know this game is playable. I can just pick up decks and play. Where right now I have a bunch of Arkham Horror, like I have a lot of Arkham Horror cards. I have two two complete sets of Arkham Horror, the card game, um, for reasons. And they're good reasons. And, but I <laughs> no don't. No one said anything. <laughs> but I don't have any playable decks outside of the ones that are like the pre-built ones that are there. And I, I sort of feel you on those ones. Like, I've played the pre-built ones and they're okay, but I know I can make better decks than those because I've actually made better decks than those. But I still keep them together because if I'm going to play with somebody new, it's like, oh, you can play this deck here because it's already made and it's it's good to go. Um, but it's, I sort of lost my train of thought, but ultimately... <laughs> I can't help you find it. <laughs> I know. I'm just so torn on on how much how much I really love the concept of these games, but every once in a while, more often than not, I find that the barrier to entry to play them is higher than I'm ready to mm-hmm. commit to. And I think that's really kind of the bottom line there. Yeah, we just shouldn't have had children. No. Yeah. Without kids, <laughs> everything's easier. It really is. I love my children so much, but Man, do they take up a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Although, John, and I'm, I'm going to speak for John here. Um, he has, his kids are older, and now he has, like, a built-in gaming group. And we've talked multiple yeah. times, and basically his his real-life gaming group is his family. And he has a family of gamers. <laughs> so, I my fingers are crossed that I'm my kids so are going to be I'm so excited to get there someday, because I can only play... Kerplunk and don't break the ice and orchard and dragon's breath and um <laughs> pengaloo is the new one we've been playing a lot of those games over and over and over and over again <laughs> yeah i'm 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 just i don't know i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to living my childhood passions through my kids but i think that's your prerogative as a parent right it's the whole point of mm-hmm. having kids is so you can yeah. relive your childhood through them and yeah, I'm, and the whole I'm point of being a kid is to tell your parents, you can't tell me what to do, old man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> John says he's losing Except, his play group. They're getting too old and moving away. Oh, yeah. Secretly, though, I actually really love my parents and I have all the same hobbies of them. And my mom was really sad that I moved away. But then she realized I lived like three minutes from an antique mall. And now suddenly it's not <laughs> as visiting. big a deal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, I am going to play Marvel Champions. I'm going to play a session zero with Arkham Horror, the card game. And I think, honestly, so Sydney has never built an Arkham Horror deck. She loves the game, but she's never built a deck. And I don't think I could ever get her to build a deck on her own. Um, <laughs> same thing for role playing characters, though, right? It's like I end up, and I don't mean to do it, but I end up making her characters because that's just not the part she's interested in. But I think with Arkham Horror, if we do a session zero and I limit the card pool, it's like, here's here's your characters, here's your cards. I think I could get her to be interested in that. And if she's interested, and this is just a common thing. I think this is a personality trait of me. I am more interested in things <laughs> that other people are interested in, right? It, it's a driving mm. factor. Um, it keeps me going if somebody else is also interested in that. If I'm just on a little island and nobody cares and like, well, tree fell, nobody heard it, doesn't matter. Um, that analogy works in some world, I, I'm sure of it. But <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, though, if Sydney, because, you know, 
I know that you do this when we role play is you will remind Sydney of abilities that you have given her character that will work in a situation. Um, I think that might not be as big a problem in a deck building game because you don't see her hand. You don't get to know all of her things. But I think she might have, you know, maybe a little bit more fun and take more ownership of something she built instead of uh, a backseat driver. <laughs> yeah, well, and that happens, right? Because what will end up happening is if I build the deck, it takes her a few plays to understand how the deck works. Where if she's building her mm-hmm. own, then she'll know out of the gate how it works. And I think this is kind of a nice compromise of, like, she knows the game well enough to do it. It's just, like, she's not going to take time out to do it herself. But if it's, like, a group activity, and we put a timer, it's like, okay, we're going to spend 60 minutes building decks. And when this timer goes off, you have to be done because we're going to start playing. Mm-hmm. I think that that could be a kind of a cool session zero to get into a new Arkham Horror campaign. I find that whenever I'm having a hard time wanting to do something, the answer is to make it fun by hanging out and doing it with other people. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> but I, I, I think I have to agree with you. But still, ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know how practical it is to, like, you know, like everyone's card collections everywhere, but mm. I think you have practical. all the cards anyway. <laughs> hey, it, it goes back to the, you know... Have your friend build the decks for you. Have your friend own the games. Have your friend own the cards. Um, it's also why everything... Make a friend with a boat. I, yeah, make a friend with a boat. I have the boat. We're all good. All right. Well, we've <laughs> talked this subject to death. Um, and I think we've talked... We've gone over all the different things. Pre-built. I got that. Session zero. Like, I would have never thought about it. I, I love that. I just, I, I just... I don't know why I never thought about it. So, let's, <laughs> let's end this now. Um, and then... We'll find out whether or not Fletcher has joined the Railroad Inc. tournament post-credits. Don't spoil it, Fletcher. All right, Kitty, take it away. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recording Monday nights at 8.30 Central, or join our Discord to talk to us all week long. Both links are in the show notes. You can also email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the Support Us link. Or click the link in the show notes, too. Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games, Sahara Wentworth, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Danita Hersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayesh, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Droke, Jimothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Joe Punman, Leanne Verholst, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Genikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Jason Marks, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, Richard Yassi, Token Fan Forever, Michael Fidley, Stephen Falcon, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan Seed, Darren McClellan, David Garner, Tony Simpkins, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Salander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Justin Willard, Jerry Wong, and Sean P. Kelly. And thanks to all of our patrons, past, present, and future. Uh, until next week, keep playing games and having fun. All right, Fletcher, an invite has been sent to you. I can see the invite, and you have yet to accept it. (laughs) Where is the invite sent to me?
Um, I don't know. It just says it that it was sent to you on BGA. Is it in tabletop? Is it on BGA? Like, yeah. What? Where? <laughs> so this is it, was the it main a text. <laughs> it was. Was it a letter? Just click this, this is link. Post show. Uh... <laughs> yeah. This, <laughs> this is the thing with BGA and tech help. Yeah. Um, I posted you the link, but just click on that, and you should be excited. But I was having this conversation with a work friend today. He was trying to start a game on BGA and invite um, just our work group, and he had started. I think eight games to try and figure out how to make this work. And like, <laughs> there was one game where he started it and all of a sudden it was just filled with random people. And he's like, just randomly canceled. I'm like, that you can't do that. That's like not etiquette. And like, he had no idea what he was doing on this. And it occurred to me that I've taken the site for granted. Cause I've like now kind of learned the site, but there's nothing intuitive about this site. There's no reason why this site should no. like, <laughs> It's just all over the place. And um, yeah, so I might end up doing a video on the basics of BGA and then another video on, okay, now how to start a game. Because those are completely different <laughs> things. Like starting a game in this in this system is just, wow, convoluted. And then to start a solo game, you have to set it to training mode, set the player count to one, join, obviously you're joined, and then you have to open the table and then start the game, even though you're the only person there and you're in training mode. Like, it's there's nothing intuitive about it. It's, yeah. So anyway, BGA is awesome. Uh, eventually, this will be tabletop BGA talk. But right now, I think Fletcher has joined it's our tournament. It's your turn in Viticulture. It's my turn in Viticulture. I, I have joined the that. tournament. Fletcher has joined. <laughs> All right. I need to take my Viticulture turn. <laughs> 